From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for this Monday, July 15th, 2019, previewing the Open, the 148th Open, um, and then the, uh, golf's final major of the year, and we welcome in our senior golf betting analyst, Alex Lazon. Good evening. Good evening, Jeremy. It is the final major of the year. No no more uh, Glory's last shot, I guess. Huh, that just dawned on me. Yes, well, Glory's last shot was eradicated when the FedEx Cup came around. The PGA of America and the PGA Tour struck a deal that would eliminate that moniker because the PGA Tour thought that, that Glory's last shot was actually the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's, just, uh, it's interesting to have the Open being the final major, but... We're here. We had the kind of, you know, major a month buzz, which I enjoyed throughout the summer. So, yeah, we're, we're mid-July, and it's time to uh, check out the Lynx Golf in Ireland. Um, all right, so we don't have a lot of time today, so we're going to have to do some unorthodox things. Right now, the longest odds are 1,000 to 1 uh, per <laughs> uh, Bavada, and they're being shared by some people whose names I can't pronounce, but also Tom Lehman, Paul Laurie, uh, David Duvall, and some other people. These are clearly not the people uh, we'll be picking this week. Let's go to the top. For me, from a betting perspective, I do not understand Tiger's odds. I've never understood the odds that he's had from the beginning. 14-1 to 1 here, the latest ones um, coming out of Vegas. Um, 22-1 to 1 for Francesco Molinari. I feel like Tiger and Francesco should be flipped. Rory's the favorite, eight to one. Brooks ten to one. Dustin fourteen to one, along with Rom and Tiger. Rose at twenty to one. Molinari at twenty-two to one. Fleetwood and Xander at twenty-five. Henrik, JT, Cantlay, Ricky at twenty-eight to one. For me, Tiger's too high. Um, that's just a, uh, to to me. That's just wasted money right there. Yeah, it's it's a little interesting. I mean, again, Jeremy, I feel like we've said this every major championship since the Masters victory. Let's just remind ourselves, Tiger Woods won the Masters in his 40s. He, he, he did that. It, let, let's not go crazy and think that he's going to be going haywire and winning two-plus majors every single year as a result. Again, we haven't seen anything since Pebble Beach, and uh, it wasn't phenomenal there. So it is interesting to see his odds that high, but it just goes to show you how huge not only the golf fan audience is behind Tiger in this comeback this year, golf betting audience is just dead set on the fact that Tiger is fully back and it shows in his odds as he is one of the favorites again without having any spectacular form recently. Yes, it is slightly mind-boggling. What's your read on Xander? He's 25 to 1. He keeps doing this. Um, On this morning's podcast with Ryan Ballinger, I read out his recent finishes. It's astounding. He's basically at a top 25 in every major he's played in. Uh, for a while now, I don't know what to read out of Xander. Me either. I, I just I want it to happen. I had him last year at the Open when he threatened. I had him this year at the Masters when he threatened. I had him at Beth Page when he had a moment there. It, it, it seems like we're right on the cusp of something great from him. He keeps himself in position, uh, uh, you know, contention long enough. You think that one of these Sunday bounces is going to go his way. I, it, just the, the way his game operates, 
it doesn't necessarily feel like he is going to win a tournament going away. It feels like he's going to be winning a major on, a, on account of attrition and kind of being the last man standing. So if it does come to a scenario like that, where, where Sunday's conditions are tough or for some reason or other the course is playing exponentially more difficult on Sunday and Saturday, this could be his moment. But again, you're right. It's just one of those things where he's on the cusp, but uh, right when you need the, the key shot from him on Sunday afternoon, we haven't quite seen it yet. You know, and he also hasn't been in that spot. We'll see now. He was there at Augusta, obviously. We'll, we'll see if he starts stepping up in the big spots. Augusta was probably the first, but that was just a wacky day with Francesco going backwards. It suddenly fell into some people's laps. So we haven't seen it where he's been the, the guy to watch out for and to see how he progresses. Are you somebody, Brooks Koepka's 10-1. to um, he did nothing of note between the U.S. Open and this week. I'm not even sure he played. He may have played. No, I think he played in Detroit and immediately trunk slammed or something or, or finished like very, T- very quickly. Yeah, he got out of there as fast as he could. Yeah, T72, I think, was some odd finish. Look, we know what Brooks cares about. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just don't know what to think about Mr. Kepka. And it's no offense to him, but... Can this run really last forever? He's gone one, two, one, two. I've got that right, I think. One, the PG. Yeah, one, two, one, two. In his last, whatever that is, four majors. I am, I have no idea if he can continue this again. And is he a good bet at 10 to 1? I'm, I'm lost in terms of Brooks Koepka, both from a golfer standpoint and from a betting standpoint. Yeah, and I'm really jaded, admittedly, Jeremy, because I had my cakewalk at Best Age where I just touted him all week long, and that was just an amazing performance for him. So I've got a little bit of a glassy eyes when I look at Kipton Majors. I'll, I'll probably put those couple dollars down on him just because I can't avoid the chance that if he's back at the top of the leaderboard, it's going to be tough to push him away. But this is one of those courses where it, there's just a lot of interesting factors. This angle, Jeremy, about his caddy uh, being being a heavy uh, point of reliance because he's a Port Rush native is interesting yep. to me. You know, it's gonna, he's going to get a lot of great side advice and maybe some insider information. But, you know, again, he's got to be he's the one swinging the clubs in the end. So, so we'll see if he can catch flat lies. Uh, keep his drive straight and, and make and make those five to ten foot putts to save pars when he needs it the most. That's kind of been his bugaboo at the last couple of events that I've seen him. But again, Jeremy, like you said, he is just so locked in on majors and and quite seemingly nothing else at all. And remember too, this is a different golf course. Two new holes, number seven and number eight. The old number sixteen is now eighteen. They needed to have room for the spectator village. So this is a golf course that even. Um, his caddy hasn't caddied on or played on or, or been on. So it's a whole new situation for a lot of us uh, and for a lot of people yep. involved. Um, Dustin Johnson, Todd Lewis reported tonight on, 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 on Golf Central Live from that Dustin is back working with Claude Harmon. 14 to 1 odds. Dustin's had a pretty quiet year. He won in Saudi Arabia, won in Mexico, hasn't done much lately. Um, 14 to 1 odds and you change and you go back and you get back with your swing coach the week of a major on a Monday. That to me rings a couple bells that I'm not a fan of. It's a little bit of a red flag, I would say for sure. Yes. <laughs> I, and and thank you for saving me. I meant flags, not bells. I apologize. 
Oh no, the the warning bells, we'll call that. They're they're going off in your head there. Yes, yes. And I, I get it. I I think there's there's chance for DJ to play well here. It's in a kind of open sight line venue, and I think he likes that for the purposes of shaping his drives. But again, that that switch making that so late in the game and the action when we're you know right in the grind of the the PJ Tour season, I would argue that you know you. Whatever game you have come June or July, the way the PJ Tour calendar is set up, that's pretty much you know where your game is going to be. There's there's not much movement or advancement from from now to the end of the PJ Tour season in terms of what you can really work on. So seeing that reset, you know, like again, you know, Phil mentioned he had a hard reset. Dustin Johnson having a little bit of a reset going back to Colorado Hummer. I think it's maybe a nice vibe to get him back and remember those winning ways of what he was being taught from Harmon. But yeah, uh, a little late in the game for that. It's funny, Jeremy. Those are. When you say 14, 15 to one for Dustin Johnson, I think those are like the lowest odds you could you could have probably gotten him at at a major in maybe eighteen months because every other major in the past recently he's been at least ten to one, twelve to one type of guy in the field. Which we're talking with our golf senior betting analyst Alex Lazan about the one hundred forty eighth Open. Uh, which is the better bet for you, Jordan Spieth at thirty three to one, or the video Tom Brady posted today of him running trying to get his Madden speed rating increased? <laughs> well, I mean, Jordan Spieth, you know, uh, barely made the cut at Pebble, missed cut at the Travelers. I mean, he, he seems to play a little bit more inspired when he's over there, but. Jeremy, that that absolute lightning speed. That I I, I want to let you know that that video is not photoshopped at all from from Brady amending his forty yard dash. Uh, so that's all real stuff you were seeing there on the internet today. Always impressed with, with what Brady can do on the football field, and I guess I'll take my chances with him over a, a shaky Jordan Speed recently. <laughs> Someday we're gonna look back at Tom Brady and marvel at his rushing yards because the fact that it took him. What, 20 years to get to, or what, 19 years or 18 years to get to 1,000 rushing yards is hilarious. And he happens to be one of the best third and inches, fourth and inches sneaker in football history. That was, what, maybe seven games of, like, uh, Barry Sanders, you know, record-breaking season or about a half of an Eric Dickerson season from back in the day. Uh, yeah. Cut the stuff from number 12 there. Yes, that's just... That was just wild. It's a wild stat, folks. If you haven't looked up Tom Brady's rushing yards, go look it up. It's hilarious. But he's a great sneaker. He's converted a lot of key downs for the Patriots, much to my dismay. All right, long shots. Who do you like this week? Oh, man, there's some weird ones out there. Very. One of those other one of those other 1,001 names, and I'm guessing that the number dropped. Again, this is the longest of long shots. Zero point zero 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 one percent chance, but uh, Brandon Wu at a thousand to one, Jeremy tied for thirty fifth at the U.S. Open and medaled in his Open qualifier. Uh, that would be an absolute wild week if he were just to even show up anywhere near the leaderboard on the weekend. Uh, one more realistic. Hold on, let me stop you right there. The the latest yeah. odds I have have him at four hundred to one. Yeah, that, that's right. The, the odd makers are clamoring, Jerry. Man, that means everyone's rushing to the betting window to bet Brandon Wu to win this whole thing this week. So. Patton Kazire has worse odds than him. Patton <laughs> Kazire, two-time winner, yeah. PGA Tour winner, has worse odds than an amateur. <laughs> Love it. Uh, a couple other random ones that I got. Uh, 201, but probably dropped down is Andy Sullivan, who showed up on the leaderboard last week. Uh 
top five uh, in the Irish Open as well, too. Uh, decent, decent record in the uh, Open Championship. So anything like 150-201 for him, decent. Uh, Keegan Bradley, you mentioned briefly in passing, 125 to 1. 150 uh, right now for Keegan. On PJ Tour. So uh, those are a couple of guys I'd be looking at if you want to kind of go a little bit off the board of the, the standard pick this week. 125 uh, to 1 for Andy Sullivan, 150 to 1, um, excuse me, for Joaquin Neiman. And uh, sorry, for Keegan. Keep an eye, though, on Joaquin Neiman. I think that's a good oh, long sure. shot bet. Yeah, I've been trying to get him. Yeah, I've been trying to get him in the winner's circle for about a month or two now. Had He's him, playing better. Decent finish. Yeah, had him a few weeks ago. Decent finish. Uh, so, it, you know, it's crazy. He, he's still only, I believe, 20 years old now. It's wild how much is coming up in the game. And, and to think that a young guy like that could potentially show himself on a big stage is, uh, could be a very exciting moment, not only for him, but Chile, Chilean golf, and everyone in South America, for sure. Hey, just, just look at what Matthew Wolf has done. Just look at what Matthew Wolf has done. The young kids are coming. Colin Morikawa clinches his tour card. They're all coming. Wild, yeah. The uh, the onslaught of the the miners and that are just barely able to drink. Those guys, they're really getting after it at an early age on the PGA Tour, or not able to drink. Yeah. Um, what did Matthew Wolf say? He was going to have a nice. Uh, what? Yeah, what is this? Pina Colada. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to figure out if it was like stale sparkling water, or whatever his uh, drink of choice was going to be. Um, all right, dispense any other notes or knowledge or picks that you have in mind. Just just spew it all out. John Rahm could finally be his week. I've said for a long time he's a hothead that doesn't have the, the gall and the temper to hold it together on Sunday at a major. Uh, but if there's a week he's going to do it in 2019, I would throw a dollar or two on it happening this week. Uh, again, we got we you can't look too far past Francesco Molinari. He is the defending Open Open champion. Uh, made the cut, finished decently at the Scottish Open last week. Uh, looks to be finally regaining some of that form from last summer. Uh, one other guy I want to touch on real quick, just because he's been very very consistent in the Open. Uh, a guy that we remember on an epic performance when he went head to head for Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson. You know, won this tournament just three years ago. Hasn't missed the cut at this tournament, and I believe at least a decade. I think it's 2007 or 8 it goes back to him being there on the weekend and a bunch of high finishes here. Uh, so at his odds, I believe he's hovering in the 30s or 40 to 1. 28 to 1 yeah. for Henrik. Yeah, definitely worth a look as well. Those are some guys that I'll be looking at this week. I, I think Henrik's odds improved after his Scottish Open performance. That's my theory behind oh. that. He had a decent Scottish that. Open performance. We're talking to senior teeing it up uh, golf betting analyst um, Alex was on about this week. You know me. I've won a Ricky to win forever, twenty-eight to one. Um, from yeah. a gambling perspective, Ricky, yes or no? I'm out on Ricky, Jeremy. It's so it saddens me to say that. I just had to pull my breath before I said that to you. But I am, I am just out on Ricky as of recently. I've seen nothing, you know, from the full tee to green performance that tells me that he's in the mental mindset to put four rounds together. And again, that's the thing with him is we talked a lot about him avoiding big numbers, and now it's just a big round scenario that we've been trying to avoid. So as, as that mess is compounding, it's hard for me to put money on him to win this week. So I'm out on Ricky. Justin Thomas. Yeah. I, I want to be in. Uh, it looks like the wrist is fully healed. He's so sick of telling everyone that the wrist is fully healed. 
but it apparently hasn't been. He's, he's starting to come around, had a decent finish last week at the Scottish Open. Again, though, two straight missed cuts at the, at the British Open. So I, I'm not in love with his form. Uh, maybe take a look at who he's matched up against, either in a three ball on Thursday and Friday, or potentially maybe in a head-to-head on Saturday morning, and he, and he could win you some money this weekend, though. Telling you, um, thing about those guys is it just takes one magical week. And will that one magical week be this week for Tommy Fleetwood, who nobody talks about, and then he just shows up on leaderboards like it's routine. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there, Jeremy. We're, we're missing people, you know. We have you mentioned the U.S. Open champion uh, four or five weeks ago. Yeah, because I don't think Gary Woodland will do anything this week. Not, no offense yeah. to Gary, but it's just it's a tough thing to bounce back from. He was rusty in Detroit. You could see that coming from a mile away. Um, I don't know. I just, I just thought that, or think that Gary, who right now is a 50 to 1 favorite. Uh, that, sorry, those are his odds, 50 to 1 odds. And I think that's yeah. these volumes. Yeah, I'll just kind of leave you with this, Jeremy. If I'm going to bet on an angle this week, uh, I'm looking at Rush as a venue, lots of hills, not a lot of flat lies. It could be cool, damp. You know how the climate changes. Don't even bother checking the weather forecast for this week. I'm going to bet on the word resiliency. Uh, I'm looking for guys who are going to be able to be, be tough through it, uh, be able to move with the course conditions, uh, adapt to changing winds, you know, be okay with laying up or playing the safe shot in the right moment. Uh, and understand how to hit the ball low and high. So there's some versatility there. But again, Jeremy, I'm going to be looking for resilient guys who can be tough. But that's why it's a little contradictory. I really do like John Rahm's chances. I think maybe if there's a week that he bucks that trend of being a little bit of a hothead, I think he's going to have to gather a lot of that resiliency to, to win this week. So that's, that's definitely the angle I'm going to be looking at this week at Port Rush. There's also a guy named Woods Comet Tiger who's also good in all those mental categories. Yes, he's done that a few times before. Just throwing that. That'll be the main test. Just just throwing it out there. Final thing. Uh, You are in the central time zone. Will you be up at 12.30 a.m. central to watch the beginning of the 148th Open live on Golf Channel? I don't know if I'm at that level of commit for a Wednesday night, Thursday morning. However, I'll leave the door open Friday. You could absolutely get me Saturday night, uh, Friday night to Saturday late night. I, I could just do it on the on the front end, Jeremy. Get a little nap in, and, and then. Well, the problem though is that for the third round, because that'd be for the third round, the coverage does not start until five a.m. Eastern time. Oh Jesus! Where's PJ Tour live when you need the most, huh? <laughs> they could extend. That is an extendable time frame. Um, I hope so. <laughs> that they could back up and then start. Look, it depends on how many people make the cut, first of all, and who's back there and what the disparity is between first and whatever the cut is. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be trying to hopefully catch some on the back end at the very end as I flicker off and go to sleep. But if not, yeah, be some super early rises on Saturday and Sunday. But it's okay. The schedule's blocked off. We're ready to roll. You got that right. It's the final major of the year, the 148th Open, and Alex Lazan helped us preview it. Alex, thank you. Course of Life podcast, and we are so lucky to have another Course of Life podcast teeing it up crossover episode. Alex, thank you. Indeed. Thanks, Jeremy.